This is Pastor William Woods. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And I want to ask this question today. If it's Christ's birthday, who is the fat guy in the red flannels? In John 3.16, we read it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember when Tammy was little, we were trying to teach her that scripture, and she kept saying, For God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten son. And I'm sorry, but she was right, and it's still the problem today because Jesus Christ has been forgotten on his own birthday. You know, someone thought they ought to give a birthday party for a guy by the name of John. Everybody liked John. Several others liked the suggestion, so they began planning for a party for him. Many people showed up for the birthday party because it was going to be a lot of fun with a lot of eats. About halfway through the party, someone said, Where's John? Everyone said, Well, I thought you were going to invite him. Somebody else said, No, I thought you were going to invite him. No one had invited John to his birthday party. Oh, well, they said, We're having a lot of fun. Who needs John? Two women were having lunch in an elegant hotel. They were approached by a mutual friend who asked, What is the occasion? One lady replied, Well, we're celebrating the birth of my baby boy. But where is he? asked the friend. Oh, said the mother, You didn't think I'd bring him, did you? What a picture of the way the world treats Jesus at Christmas time. Christmas is supposed to be his birthday when we praise him for coming to be our Savior. Today we have filled Christmas so full of reindeer, sleighs, and fat men in red flannel suits, tinsel toys, wild parties, alcohol, drugs, tension-filled shopping, stress, and financial pressure until Jesus Christ is not even thought of anymore. I remember when I lived in Stevenson, Washington, I wanted to find a nice nativity set to put up at the front of the church to remind people about the birth of Christ. And I couldn't find anything in Stevenson. It was a lot like Holbrook with not much to offer. So I drove to the Dalles, Oregon. I went into some of the stores there at the Dalles. I went into the variety stores. I went into the dollar stores. To my regret, I could not find a nativity set anywhere. I did find things about Santa Claus. I found things about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There was not one thing to remind us that Jesus Christ stepped into history and became our Savior, and that's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. So the question is, what in the world happened to the precious baby that was born in a manger? Somehow Christ's humble birth has been reduced from the wonderful message of God becoming man to save us from sin to a legendary little story dripping with fictional ideas. Many people accept the nativity story the same way they accept stories about Paul Bunyan or Jack and the Beanstalk. We filled the stable with drummer boys, talking animals, even a fat Santa kneeling over the manger. Isn't that how Satan works? He doesn't care if the truth is known as long as he can compromise it. 
We've drawn God's wonderful story up in cartoon form and wedged it between Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and then we wonder why people don't think more of Christ at Christmas time. Hallmark puts all these Christmas movies out. Not one of them mentioned Jesus Christ. It's always the meaning of the season is family. The meaning of the season is love and gifts and all. But they forget the meaning of the season is the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I remember a couple years ago seeing a cartoon that offended me something terrible. It was a comic cartoon showing a baby in a manger, and the caption said, Jesus, the red-nosed Savior, some would even say he glows. That was so blasphemous, I could hardly stand it. I, I thought, those poor authors, it was Over the Heads was a cartoon. It was by Michael Fry and T. Lewis, and I thought, you guys are going to answer to God for this one of these days. The NEA, or the National Education Association, has made it politically incorrect to sing religious carols or even recognize Christ in the public schools. Instead of having Christmas programs, now we have what they call winter programs. You know, when we lived in Pullman, Washington, the school district made a ruling that children could not sing Christmas carols on the playground because they might offend some of the foreign students that didn't celebrate Christmas. That even included Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I, I just, you know, I my thought at that time, and I went before the school board, and I said, this is part of our culture, this is part of our heritage, why should we be inhibited because somebody comes over from another country and doesn't believe the same way we do? This is our holiday to celebrate the birth of Christ. Our granddaughter, Ariel, used to teach school in Phoenix, and the very same rules applied that nobody could mention Christmas. Isn't it time to give Christ back his rightful place at the center of the Christmas celebration? It's time to spend more effort in praising God for sending his Son to be our Savior. Someone will say, well, December 25th wasn't really his birthday. It was a pagan holiday celebrating fertility rites. So why should we celebrate that? Well, listen, I'm not celebrating that. I, I, we cannot know for certain the exact date of Christ's birth, but we can recognize the wonder of God's love in sending a Savior to save us from the terrible penalty of sin. Really, it's Christ's death and resurrection, not his birth that made our salvation possible, but we couldn't have his death on the cross without his birth in the manger. What we celebrate is the, in, is the total life and ministry uh, that Jesus Christ came, his death, his resurrection, showing us once and for all time the supreme love of God. People don't understand, what does it mean that Christ died on the cross? How does that affect me? Well, it affects you because we are all tainted with sin. Jesus Christ never sinned. It says within the Bible, without the shedding of blood, there will be no forgiveness of sin. My blood, your blood would not cause forgiveness of sin. It took somebody that was perfect, and that was Jesus Christ, the perfect Son of God, dying in our place, providing a way for us to confess our sins to him and have his blood cover our sins so that we can have eternal life. 
life. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. My question then is, what in the world ever happened to the Savior on the cross? Many people are willing to accept the story of the baby in the manger. They're willing to stand and go ooh and ah and say, isn't that just wonderful? But they're not willing to let Christ grow up. There was a little five-year-old girl that the family took her out to see the decorations and, and they'd gone three years in a row. Finally, the little girl saw the same decorations over and over and she said, Mama, he's still a baby. Didn't Jesus ever grow up? That adult Christ is too demanding for most people's lives, but I want you to know he did grow up. He lived a perfect life. Then he poured out that life for you and me on the cruel cross. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He invites each one of us to confess our sins to him and to repent of those sins and to live for him. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So many people that say some things, you know, just some repeat some little magic words and think that they're a Christian and then keep looking back to things that they think they're missing. You know, it says they're not fit for the kingdom. We need to put our trust in Jesus Christ and live for him day by day. Not just, you know, hope that because we said some words that we have eternal life. We need to live consistently. Christ died for us. He gave himself entirely to us 100%. And I'm sure he's not satisfied with our trying to get by with 30 or 40% dedicated to him. Oh, the joy of finding Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and experiencing the peace of the, in our hearts that only Jesus Christ can bring. Some people are so sick of themselves and how they live. You know, they, they don't have answers. They just don't want to face even tomorrow. Some families are having so much trouble that it looks like the happy home will never be happy again. Maybe not even a home. The problem got worse during the pandemic lockdown when we were all locked in our places, couldn't go to church, couldn't go to school, all these things, and people became ingrown and began to feel sorry for themselves. Jesus Christ came to this world to help people who are hurting from sin. He can forgive every sin. He can restore your self-respect. He can mend the hurts and heartaches that sin has caused in your life if you will let him. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus Christ is the answer to all human need. Let him grow up from a baby in a manger to the Savior of the world. Let him be your Savior and become your, the leader in your life. The world is lost. It doesn't know it. I remember when my dad uh, was fighting uh, Jesus and didn't want to become a Christian, didn't want me to be a Christian. I, he would go to wild parties at the American Legion meetings and things like that. Finally, he accepted Christ as his Savior, and he told me, he said, well, I guess I was lost, but I didn't know I was. 
That's where the world is. They're lost. They don't know where they are. Are you lost and you don't know about it? What in the world happened to the Christ that grew up and was crucified and laid in a tomb? Jesus Christ, the baby, born in a manger, grew to be Christ the Savior on the cross. When they took him down from the cross and put him in the tomb, you know, he only stayed there for three days. Imagine the ad on Craigslist, slightly used tomb for sale or lease, only used once and only for three days, brand new condition. I, you know, I, I can remember when I got a letter, my dad had gotten somehow at the end, he was not thinking straight and he had contacted some psychics and, and there was getting some kind of information from them. I can remember finally after he died, I got a letter from them saying, well, what is the address of Jack Woods? We'd like to have him pay up on his bill. Uh, you know, and so I gave them the address, the bill collectors for the psychic. I, I said his address was grave number something or other in the Blue Mountain Cemetery. Christ, or I mean, Dad's body is still there. Listen to me. Jesus Christ God's son is alive and well today. His body is no longer in the tomb. He stands at the right hand of the Father, ready to forgive all who call upon his name in repentance. He's ready to lead, direct, and help all those who want to serve him. He's ready to bring peace, love, and joy to a sin-sickened world lost and plunging into an eternal hell. But not just the world, it's more personal than that. He wants to forgive you and me and give us eternal life. That's God's gift to us, to you and to me. Christmas could have so much more meaning for all of us if we know Christ is our personal Savior. Christmas is so much more than a fat guy and red flannels and a red-nosed reindeer and sleighs and all that the world is talking about today. The fat guy has even tried to steal God's attributes. You know, you read uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. It says, better watch out, better not cry, better be good, because I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Tell you what, that's not any attributes that Santa has. The real living God is the one with those attributes, not made up Santa. God is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent, means he's all-powerful. He's omnipresent, means that he's everywhere and does see you and will judge you for what you have done with his son, Jesus. Christmas is a time we should remember that God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Pastor Clifford S. Stewart of Louisville, Kentucky sent his parents a microwave oven several years ago. He sent it for a Christmas present. He recalls they were excited that now they too could be part of the uh, instant generation. When Dad unpacked the microwave and plugged it in, literally within seconds, the microwave transformed two smiles into frowns. Even after reading the directions, they couldn't make it work. 
Two days later, my mother was with a friend and confessed her inability to get that microwave oven even to boil water. To get this darn thing, she said, to work, I really don't need a better directions. I just need my son to come along with the gift. You know, when God gave the gift of salvation, he didn't send a booklet of complicated instructions for us to figure out. He sent his son, Jesus. God gave his very best to us. Shouldn't we give something back to him? Do find the true meaning of Christmas this year. In closing, I'd like to leave a story with you that Paul Harvey told on his radio program every year for many years. He said, uh, the man to whom I am going to introduce you was not a Scrooge. He was a kind, decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other men, but he just didn't believe all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. He just didn't make sense and he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He just couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going with you to the church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd feel like a hypocrite, that he'd much better just stay home, at, uh, but uh, that he would wait up for them so that when he stayed up that they would uh, be able to tell him about the midnight service. Shortly after the uh, family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier and then went back to his fireside chair and began to read his newspaper. Minutes later, he was startled by a thudding sound, then another and then another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first, he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm and in a desperate search for shelter had tried to fly through this large landscape window. Well, he couldn't let the poor creatures lie there and freeze and so he remembered the barn where his children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter, he thought, if he could just direct the birds to get there. Quickly, he put on a coat, galoshes, tramped through the deepening snow to the barn. He opened the doors wide and turned on a light, and put. but the birds did not come in. He figured that food might entice them in, so he hurried back to the house and got some breadcrumbs and sprinkled them on the snow, making a trail to the yellow-lighted wide-open doorway of the stable. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flap around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them. He tried shooing them into the barn by walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction except into the warm lighted barn. And then he realized that they were afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I am not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? 
because any move he made tended to frighten them and confuse them. They just would not follow. They would not be led or showed because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to safety and to warmth to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so that they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sounds of the wind. He stood there listening to the bells, Adeste Fidelis, listening to the bells, pealing the, the glad tidings of Christmas. Oh, come all ye faithful. And he sank to his knees in the snow. And as the snow fell on God's newest Christian, he whispered, Now I understand. Now I know why you had to come. You know, Jesus came for you too. And if you don't know that, you're missing the whole meaning of Christmas. I would invite you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you so much for stepping into history, for leaving your home in heaven and becoming a human being so that you could live amongst us, so you could give us the message of salvation. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross and the resurrection and made it possible that we can be part of your family. I would pray that each one listening today would take uh, note of this, and if they don't know you as their personal Savior, they would confess their sins to you and ask you to forgive them and become their Lord and Master. Thank you, Jesus, again. May we have a very Merry Christmas because we know you as our personal Savior. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, you know how to get a hold of me if you need to. Uh, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. And if you happen to write the email and I don't answer, try again because I get a lot of different emails. My mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. My phone number, if you wanted to call or to text, is 623-845-2741. God bless you. I remind you I'm preaching at the First Baptist Church in Holbrook tomorrow. I would invite you to come. We're having potluck after the service. Everyone's invited to come and share a meal with us. And we just uh, pray that God will bless you and you'll have a very blessed Christmas. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Amen.